welcome, welcome back to Forward Pressing. Good to be back. It's been a week, episode 58. It is currently Monday, February 7th. How are we doing, Yanis? Doing good. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. We are less than a week away from the Super Bowl. We are a couple days away from the AFCON final, which finished. We're going to talk about that. Um, transfer windows closed. Is the Super Bowl this weekend? I forgot. The Super Bowl is in the next Sunday. So when? Oh, we gotta talk. We gotta say. We gotta say our predictions. Yeah, we'll talk about it. Um, what else? We got some. I mean, we have some terrible FA Cup uh, games to talk about. Lots of upsets. Um, yeah, lots of upsets actually. Um, Afcon. We had a lot of big matchups this uh, in the leagues this week. Actually, actually, a lot of big matchups. And uh, we have some kind of some drama to talk about. So uh, let's just get right into it. Let's start with the AFCON. I mean, we got we got Mr. Uh, Mr. Psychic over here. Didn't you call the perfect final, right? I didn't call the perfect final. I'm half. I was halfway there. Obviously, I had Senegal winning it, but I did have Algeria in the final, and they they felt they didn't they didn't do that. They kind of disappointed. So Egypt came through. Uh, honestly, it was a good final, low key. Like I was stressed, I was nervous. It was close until the end. It was close until the. End. It was close until the end. I swear, I t- I'm telling you right now, I was hoping not to get a- go to PKs, especially because like Egypt was doing so good in the last like previous games of PKs, and obviously they beat Cameroon and that and stuff. So, um, for them to go to PK again, I was like, oh, surely not. They they have the advantage mentally. They're there. The keeper is on form, even though he's like injured every five every like 15 minutes. He go he goes down, but he comes back with a big save. So I'm ex- I was kind of I didn't want to go to PKs, and then, then when he got to PKs, I was like, oh crap, Senegal, bro. The logic had to be respected though, because Senegal was the best, the better team in this whole game, in my opinion. Like Egypt had their moments, but most of them came from Mosala. If Mosala didn't turn up, and he did turn up. I mean, he's the main person of their team. He's the main, yeah, he's the main guy. He's the main threat. He's the main threat. But I think Senegal made a had a, made that had a, did a good job of like, uh, not uh, trying to not forcing him, not allowing him to like basically flow free flow, and just like attack at free will. Like every time he had touched the ball, he had at least one or two guys on them. At some point, they even double teamed him. But um. Overall, like the lot, I think. I mean, obviously, they missed the miss when Senegal missed the first week. I was kind of like, oh, yeah, it's it's happening again. Like, it's going to be one of those days of like, oh, you're going to tag the entire game, you'll have your chances, but then El Egypt will have one and then score from that and end the game there. Glad that Senegal won it though. First AFCON in their history. I'm happy for money. I like money. Yeah, I'm happy for money. I think I put that, I think that puts him in like the history books and like. In terms of like top African players in their history, he's got to be up there for sure. And he's off the field to help his community and everybody. So I, I love that. Yeah, absolutely. I think Mosala is already there too. Don't get me wrong. Um, it's unfortunate because now it's like I think it's, it's his second final that he uh loses in the AFCON final because yeah, I think he lost in 2017 as well to uh, you guessed it, Cameroon, but um. Yeah, man, I'm happy for Senegal. I'm happy for the I'm happy. I think it was a good Afcon overall. Um, there was some. There was like I think. I mean, if we're being honest, like off off the field, there were some questions. There was some a lot of questions, but on the field, I think, and it started uh, really messy with like the ref blowing the whistle to end the game like twice before ninety minutes. And 
Oh yeah, that was my favorite. That was my favorite moment. <laughs> that was my favorite moment of Alcorn. Stupid shit like that, but um, overall, I think the games were quality, and we can see like an uptick in the level in the Afcon in general. Yeah, the small nation like improved. There was a lot of improvement in the small nations. Um, even though Burkina Faso kind of bowled it in the third place fi- third place final game uh, to 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 Cameroon and. Uh, you don't go from 3-0 and then lose 4-3. That's that shouldn't happen. That was a bottle job right there. But I think overall the smaller nation uh showed up a lot of promise and a lot of progress. And I think it's good for the whole continent itself. So overall, I'm pretty satisfied. I'm pretty happy with how the outcome went. The should could thing I've done better, like logistic-wise, yeah, absolutely. But I think for for the on the field experience, I think it was pretty good. I agree. Um, what was a bad on the field experience, though, was uh, United versus Middlesbrough in the FA Cup. Um, we had a lot of like weird games in the FA Cup this week. Like Forest beat Leicester four one, Chelsea only beat Plymouth two one, um, and this one I wasn't even aware about. But yo, Forest is on the run though. Yeah, Forest is on the run. They got they got my boy James Garner, so you know how it is. Um, but United losing in in PKs. I mean, we had a lot of like stupid PKs. Not stupid PKs. I'm just upset. But we had a lot of PKs, I feel like, recently. Like, a lot of stuff has been going to penalties. But it should not. this game should not have gone to penalties. Um, I'm going to be honest. I, I didn't get the chance to watch the full game. But from what I saw, it was just... It kind of just seemed like we weren't able to score a goal. We had, like, clear misses. I don't know what was happening. I'm, I'm not a... You, you missed a PK. Yeah. The, the start, yeah, exactly. Ronaldo, too, which, um, I don't know. There's not much to say besides very disappointing. And, uh, man, I don't even know. No FA Cup for United again? Very disappointing. I'm just happy because there was a few upsets that sort of, like, caught my eye. I think I, I've never heard of, like, Borham Wood before this. but Yeah, I was going to mention that. You have it on, in the, the podcast document, but I've never heard of them before. Yeah, like, going from, from a fear you – know, you, you've seen, like, a few championship teams, like, be, like – like the prem teams and you'll see sometimes even third tier beats like a championship teams or even maybe like a prem team but you don't see like a tier five like a national league team beat a championship team like you don't especially a good championship team like Bournemouth like you don't see that happen often so that was probably the biggest upset in like a while and if you look at the highlights of that game and like the celebration at the end it's pretty crazy I thought that, I thought that was dope I think that's only the type of moment that you can only see in like those type of cup games or like Obviously, it's a national league, so everybody's kind of participating. But you don't expect some those some ups. You don't expect some upsets to happen, but when they do, it's like a crazy moment, which I think kind of makes it, uh, kind of brings the hype to what the Africa Cup is all about. Agreed. Um, Leicester, though, do we want to talk about that a little bit? Just because, like, that was weird. I mean, they're the they're the holders of the FA Cup, so that's uh that's kind of disappointing to me. I mean, don't get me wrong; it's not that they played their like best eleven, but still. They should still be able to like get a win, especially against Forest. Even though Forest, Richie Larea, Shaw Richie Larea, Canadian International, they're on a run. They might go for the whole thing. I don't know if it probably don't will happen because City's still in the competition. We'll but. see. Um, and then Chelsea. I mean, only two one, not too convincing. You would think better of them for a team that's challenging for the title this year, but yeah, it was shaky. I mean, uh, if Plymo doesn't miss it, if Kepa doesn't say that PK, like it's it could be a game. Exactly. Um, a lot of PKs. A lot of PKs. Um, a lot of PK missed. Yeah, a lot of PKs missed. P- penalty shots are not easy. They're they're deceptively difficult. 
Yeah, I mean, maybe that or just keepers are getting better at saving them as well. That too, it's both. The pressure is tough. Yeah, especially imagine final, bro. Exactly, imagine the final. But we have some big games talk about that happened this weekend. Barca Atletico was one of them. We had uh, Adama, we had Obama Yang. Um, and some interesting things to talk about. I mean, what are your takes on Adama and Obama Yang's first game? Well, I think Obama Yang was kind of a short, had a short cameo. I, I can't really rate him on that. I think we'll have to see. I think Adama looked dangerous, though. Adama looked threatening on that right wing. Every time he had the ball, you could see. I think Adama's going to be, he's always, he's going to be a danger, like, because he's so direct. And I feel like some defenders in La Liga don't expect that, especially of, uh, uh, especially of, like, a guy who's that big, that powerful. You don't see a lot of Adamas in La Liga, basically. Man said he doesn't even work out, doesn't even hit the gym. He's just fucking jacked naturally. I don't know. I can't really talk about that because I've seen this in a while. I'm like, I, I call Cap, but. Call Cap. <laughs> Yeah, I call cab, but yeah, I guess I'm not. I, I, how would I know? I'm not Jack. I, I don't know how you can do it with that body and still be like efficient because that's a running back body right there. Right. That's a linebacker, but he's he's built like a linebacker, but he's, he's running huge. like he's like, he's shooting me so quick. Yeah, the agility is mad, and that's why like I feel like players, especially like defenders, aren't gonna be able to handle him in the Liga. Like if people are struggling in the Prem, like Liga, don't not saying that Liga defenders are worse, but um, like, I think he's gonna have some sort of joy. The only, the only issue with Adama has always been the final product. And even in this game, I think he did a decent job with the final product, but how consistent can he be? And uh, I think that will determine, determine like how, if whether Barca or not, Barca keeps him or not. Because I think there's a legitimate chance that they could keep him. They have a buy buy option of like 30 mil, I think, which would be like a steal for his price tag. To me. Yeah. Especially if Dembele leaves in the summer, which he probably will. He's, yeah, Dembele is not not there in the summer. There's no way. He shouldn't even be there now. He was on the bench, though. He could have played if he, if Javi wanted to. Yeah. I mean, he's there. He's a healthy player. Like, he's going to be there. He's just... They obviously don't want him there. And they've made it clear to him that he that he should leave, but he didn't want to leave. So, I don't know. They're going to use him, though. They're going to use him at some point. No, they're going to use him, obviously. But um, I think it's more of, like, to keep the squad healthy rather than, like, to get the most out of him. But I have... I want to ask you about this, this game. The Jordi Alba goal. I don't know. Shaky or just beautiful execution? I mean, that was a beautiful execution. What do you mean? I'm oh, Maybe I'm thinking of the other goal that like, kind of loved Oblak, but I think... No, this was like a volley from outside the box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Assist from Dani Alves, which... But did we mention that Dani Alves went to Barca like the first time it happened? I don't think we talked about that. Did we? Yeah, we did. I can't remember. It was a like, it was like a couple months ago, but that was a beautiful assist, beautiful goal overall from Jordi Alba. That was a beautiful goal. And then other things I wanted to ask you about, um, Yao Felix, it just feels like he's not being utilized properly. It's, he doesn't fit the team. I think he's got to go, bro. Where's he go? I don't know. I don't see. I think, honestly, like City could be interesting. I thought City was perfect for him, but now they got, uh, what's his name, Alvarez, so. Julian Alvarez, was, he was actually pretty decent as well. Uh, but I think he's got to go. Like, he, he doesn't – it doesn't look like it works at Atletico. Like, it's, it's been, like, what, four years now? And, yeah, they got the league, but it wasn't like he was the main guy. They're wasting part development years. They – yeah. I mean, I get I, – I understand the price tag because it was pretty high. I think it was too much for him, obviously, but that's not on him. That's on them for, pay, for paying it. Uh, but, yeah, I feel like – 
either Simeone, because Simeone is tried. It's not like it, it just doesn't work. And like obviously the, the football that Simeone plays and the type of play that Joao Felix is, like it doesn't like correlate. It doesn't make wait, not that it doesn't make sense, but it doesn't, it just doesn't work. It doesn't work. And it's not like he's he's you he can't you can't have a guy like Joao Felix on your bench and like he ch- he shouldn't be starting off your bench. Like I guess if he has like a bad run of form, but it's been the whole season. Um, and this is this is a, a reoccurring issue. Like it's just it's a reoccurring. T- Everybody talks about Joao Felix and like as a, as like he has to go every time because he was one of the most promising young players in the world. He got to move to Atletico, and then it was just kind of just like stagnated and and halted his development. I think I think it's uh it's gonna happen, but we'll see how it's gonna happen. I don't know where it's gonna go, but it's gonna happen. But Atletico, I mean, like. This is a team that you know, they're always they always compete for the league. Um, Barca is obviously not their best right now, but they're getting better in the, the signings they've made. To be honest, I don't know how they made. We keep saying you, we don't know how they made these signings because of the money, but their squad is looking much better now, way more well rounded. Um, Daniel has got a red card though. Yeah, that was that was interesting. He did he did everything in this game. He did everything. He scored assists and he got a red card. Atletico wasn't able to capitalize on it, but. Um, like a four-two loss against Barca is kind of like not something to be proud of. Obviously, Oblak probably had one of his worst games in his career. I think. Yeah, tough day, tough day for the for Oblak. I mean, even Simone, like at the end of the game, like when they asked him, like, "Yo, did Barca dominate?" He was like, "No." Nah. Like, no. Nah. Yeah, he was like, "No." Nah. <laughs> like that. He's like, "No." Nah. I feel like he. There's a there was a bit of a kind of uh, fric- friction between him and Xavi with the comments of like. Basically, like Javi criticizing like Atletico style of play of like oh that you can't play you can't win big games playing like that and whatnot and like Simone was like what does he know about big games like he hasn't been at Barca for like years and stuff but I don't know I feel like it's it's gonna be friction between those two for a while especially until as long as like they're they're obviously coaches of the respectable team it's a there there might be some truth into like what they each of them say I think Simone can talk more because of the experience and he has won things. To be fair, so he's one with that style, but it's never been like highly like loved by anybody really. Other than like Atletico fans, like I don't think you see Atletico Madrid play and be like, I want to play like that. Yeah, but it works for them. It does, and this is the team that United's playing in the Champions League, so um, it's gonna be interesting to see how the two match up. I mean, United obviously not at their best right now. Atletico kind of like uh, hit or miss a little bit as well, a little bit inconsistent, uh, kind of just like lacking lacking ceiling potential a little bit, you could say. But I mean. As of right now, I think I'd favor Atletico in that matchup because I just feel like they have the experience to know what to do. And it seems like United are still figuring out what they need to do. So I think Atletico probably has the edge. And as a United fan, will definitely be the underdog going into that into that matchup. Yeah, agreed. I'm just happy that Daniel, Daniel Alves is back. He's doing his thing. Yeah, Daniel Alves is fun. He's an all-timer. I want to talk about the Serie A a little bit because we got the Milan Derby. And uh, we also have some, like, big signings that happened in the, in the league, um, specifically with Juve, but we'll talk about Milan first. Um, what were your thoughts on the, the Milan derby? It was heated. It was, it, was, it was a beautiful game to watch, obviously. That's one of the derbies that I wish I could have seen in person. I feel like I liked the Milan derby itself just because I'm a big Milan fan itself. But it was a great derby overall. I thought Milan deserved the win. I thought Milan was a more dangerous team, even though Inter could have definitely scored – uh, many occasions if it wasn't for Mignon. Uh, Giroud, bro, vintage Giroud. That was that was cool to see. Two big goals, two big goals. Comes in clutch. That's what he does best. 
we could use some of that clutchness with Arsenal because we, by the way, still have no strikers. But that's that's. It would be a nice Arsenal striker. I can see it. Yeah. Well, I mean, it can't happen anymore because yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because we we're we're dumb. We're dumb. We're dumb. So that's not that can't happen. So yeah, bro, that was a good game. I'm happy for Gio because he got two big goals in the big derby, and you could see this Serie A league stay remain interesting, especially considering that Juve. We talked about the signings like Juve got Vlaovic and Zakaria, and they're doing good early. That's what I wanted to talk about because like the top three teams in the Serie A are like neck and neck right now. It's Inter, Napoli, and Milan, and they're all at 52 or 53 points. And then right behind them, you have Juve at 45. But Juve with this like jolt of, of the signings, like Vlaovic is an insane signing. Um, so Vlaovic for 75, and then they got Zakaria for five. Like both those players together, 80 mil, and they both score in their debut. Like, can we see Juve make a run and maybe like take the league? I'm saying it could happen, but I mean, by the way, first of all, Zakaria for five mil is a bargain. I don't know how that happens. He's obviously linked to United, but we did, we obviously did not do that. Yeah, everybody's linked to United. We don't even care about that anymore. That's 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 just a, that's just link, being linked to United is a normality. Nobody's linked to Arsenal. Yeah, well, yeah, okay, all right, for <laughs> free. But yeah, bro, I'm I'm interesting to see what Juve does uh, with the next and second half of the season because having giving getting Vlaovic is a big boost, and that could definitely like have some impact into the race. I don't think it'll like. Put them like ahead of Inter and Milano. I feel like it's gonna be tough, but top three is definitely reachable. To me, uh, to me, the two Milans are just too ahead, too much ahead. But in terms of quality, but definitely, I mean, points wise, it could change in a matter of like weeks. Like two game, two bad games from Milan in a row, and you can expect Inter to like take a lead. Two bad games from Inter, and then Milan is right back in front of their neck. So it could go either or. And then you can't you can't forget about Napoli, Atalanta, and the others as well. So. Serie is going to be... It's a strong it's a strong league this year. It's borderline better than the Prem in terms of, like, the, the, the top the top, league, the top uh, places, but I'm, just, I'm not going to try to argue that. I'm just saying it's it's, a, it's an argument to be made. I'm, just, I'm not going to make the argument for it, which just sounds weird because why would I talk about that? But, um, yeah, bro, just keep, say, say ahead than that. Keep watching it because it might be interesting. Not it might be. It will be. Um, it will be interesting. Um, I know you want to touch on Bundesliga a little bit, Bayern and Leipzig. When was the last time you saw Leipzig beat Bayern, bro? I mean, it's very odd to see Bayern lose in general. So I mean, they lose. They'll, they'll lose some stupid games sometimes, but they'll usually, like, it'll be, like, a bad game. Like, they'll get, like, blown out, like, 4-1 by, like, Union Berlin, which, by the way, Union Berlin is doing pretty good. But the usual, like, it doesn't it doesn't seem, like, out of the realm of possibilities to see Bayern, like, get blown out once every, like, blue moon or something. Mm-hmm. But I've I can't remember the last time Leipzig beat Bayern. Like I can't I can't recall when it was. I can't even give you a date when uh, to as to when it was close. I know there was like that four three games where like Robin scores a hat trick and la- at the last minute, but that was obviously a loss. I would I wish I could have googled that before. I was gonna say it's funny for Nagels Nagelsmann eh? because uh, it's what his team is in. I mean, it's yeah the irony like you got beat by Bayern this many years and now you come to Bayern and do that to, do this to your old team every year, which reminds which kind of I do, I wanted to touch on that like what do you think is it with like Bayern getting every live who do you think is the next Leipzig player joining Bayern because I think it's gonna be incredible. um I think it seems that way to be honest the whole we were talking about this before we we got on the pod like the Bundesliga just kind of feels incestual a little bit where it's kind of just like there's the three teams well like. It, it feels like every team in the league is just a, a farm team for Bayern Munich. And then the team that do come up, 
like the Leipzigs, the Dortmunds that are able to compete at the top, they end up just also kind of losing their players to Bayern as well. And then once the, those players are used up at Bayern, they just go back to their own Which club. is so weird. Like, even we talked about Hummels, like, going from, like, Bayern to Dortmund to Bayern to Dortmund again. And now you got Sule who just signed for Dortmund. But by the way, Dortmund needs defense because it's bad, bro. They got, I don't know if you saw the, the highlights of them getting smacked by Leverkusen. I'm just saying, it was bad. And they need defense. And by the way, even talking about Leverkusen, like, I'm sure there's some Leverkusen players that are going to end up at Bayern. For sure, just because it, their Bayern just keeps taking the biggest players of Germany and uh, make make them make them one of their own. But I feel like in Kunku, like especially in the best in the form that he is right now, I could definitely see him going to sign for Bayern, and in the in the summer. And I wouldn't even be surprised if that happens for like a small fee because uh, they don't sell him for like high. Bayern doesn't do high signings other than like Sane. I think Sane is the most expensive one. Which is ridiculous because they got Lewandowski for free. I think they got Goze for free. And I think they got Hummels for free too, actually. They just do good business, man. That's I mean, that's good business, but that's also like from the other side of the point of it is like, yo, Dorman, what do you keep sending sending your your best players to your biggest That's the that's the not concerning part, but like just like it just makes you kind of scratch your head a little bit, like, huh. Because it's like, yo, like Bayern has won this league for nine years in a row. And then when you look at the transfer that they make, you kind of wonder, you kind of understand why. Like, you shouldn't, there's no way that, um, there's no reason for Bayern to get Lewandowski and Godze and Hummels for free. At least get some money off of it. Because you, you're not even getting money off of it, too. That's the thing. I, I Maybe, like, Leipzig got, like, 42 mil for Open Meccano, which is great. But still, like, you could also make it to like Chelsea or something. Um, what about the league earn? Because PSG, I mean, they're in the driver's seat, right? But we have a lot to talk about with PSG because not only is there some news with the manager, there's some news with the players, there's some news with the future of the club. There's always news with the players. Yeah. What? There's always news with the players with PSG. There's always news with the players. I mean, that's what happens when you got the the big the big guns. But I mean, they're starting to kind of like become more of a force again because they kind of had a dip in form a little bit. But now we're seeing, like, their best players be their best players, like, on the field, like, at a really high level. This might have been Messi's best game with them against Lille. Do you think, I mean, let's, okay, so, like, we got to talk about Pochettino because he's linked to United very closely. Um, that's supposed to be the next manager after uh, the season, right? Ragnick's going to take on his uh, next role and Pochettino will be the man in. It's still Pochettino or, like, Ten Hag, most likely. Um, but... It, all signs are pointing towards Pochettino being the guy. Um, and if Pochettino goes to United, then Zidane is going to PSG, basically. And then we saw the, uh, something, uh, I don't know where the rumor started, but apparently if Zidane goes to PSG, he wants Ronaldo. I don't know if it's Zidane that asked it, or is it PSG? Because I saw that PSG said to basically, there's a rumor saying that if PSG, PSG wants Ronaldo for them to give Pochettino away to United. Because he still has a contract, technically, he can, and for them to like, I think for him to leave, they could like, they have there has to be some conditions to it. I saw that, but then I also saw another report from Marsa, which is a reliable source, saying that if Zidane goes to PSG, he wants them to go for Ronaldo. I think that actually makes a lot of sense too, because Zidane and Ronaldo obviously have a big good relationship. Yeah, um, I mean, could you imagine a team where, because like this is all probably. I mean, we can transition to Mbappe, right? Because he was asked about his future and he said, um, I'm like happy at PSG right now and focusing on my next match. His next matches are ironically against 
Real Madrid, and uh, and they're saying like he he basically said that them playing Real Madrid in the in the Champions League next it affects his decision and the way he's like can say things and whatnot for the moment. Um, all signs are pointing towards him leaving. He he's wanted to leave forever. It kind of feels like he's just been kind of guilted into staying at PSG for as long as he has. Um, and they're just like they they will keep him at PSG by any means necessary, even if they do it by guilt tripping him into staying or making him, you know, I don't know. Um, as long as he's at the club, that's what they want. But I think ultimately he's going to leave. And then we may see a PSG front three of Messi, Ronaldo, and Neymar, which would be. Well, I mean, it sounds it sounds good on paper. Will it actually work in in like in real like in actual? I mean, you're not getting players in their prime, obviously. But I do not doubt that it would work out for at least a year. At least a year, maybe, yeah. But like going back on Mbappe, I feel like obviously the Madrid, the Madrid clash in the Champions League kind of hinders him for saying what he really wants to say. And I think it's logic too because you wouldn't have one, you wouldn't want to have that much noise on you, like especially before a Champions League game or even during the season, do you? Because you know what's going. People are obviously questioning the questioning his decision making now. Like they're they're basically talking and his. Talking, taking, saying busy what he wants to say of him going to like Madrid, but not really wanted to say that he was going to go to Madrid. I feel like it's a matter of like him staying, because regardless of what he wants, regardless of like whether PSG wins the Champions League this year or not, I think it's a pretty foregone conclusion. I mean, you said it, it's a foregone conclusion that he's going to leave. I said all signs are pointing towards that. Like, yeah, all signs are pointing towards that. Yeah. But like, I feel like it'd be useless for him to even like try to like, he increased the rumors just by saying like, "Oh yeah, I'm going to P- I'm going to Madrid next year." Just because I feel like it'll just bring too much noise and a lot of distractions. Where he wants to focus on like actually try to get another league first of all, and then also get a first Champions League if it happens this year. Which I think, considering the team that they have right now with Messi in the form that he is, Verratti looked good, Mbappe obviously beautiful goal yesterday, and even Nuno Mendes, who's promising left back, watch out for him. I think he's going to be one of the best in the world in the future. They're look. They're pretty promising. They're pretty good. I think they could go for a run. Marquinhos is solid. You can kind of you can kind of question Kimpembe yes and there, but I think he's good, decent enough that you can have a solid, solid uh, back four, especially with Akimi on the on the right. They have a legit chance of a Champions League, but that doesn't really affect whether or not Mbappe stays because because if they really want Ronaldo, there's no way they can get Ronaldo, Messi, Neymar, and Mbappe in the same team. That doesn't make any sense. How, how are you gonna? How you? How, how do you pay everybody? You gotta sell. You gotta sell the whole team. Exactly. I mean, I feel like they'll, they'll do something for the contracts and the wages and everything, but um, yeah. I mean, Ronaldo, what isn't Ronaldo still like basically in contract with PSG, so they would have to pay a fee for him? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't pay. I think. What do you? How much do you think Ronaldo goes for right now? Like realistically, less than less than thirty. Less than thirty. I think maybe less than forty. I think for, we're talking about Ronaldo here. Like, I get, I get, he's thirty six, but he's he can't when he scores goals when he wants, except for BKs. <laughs> you have to do it to him. Eh? It doesn't happen often. I want to say a legit like, I think fifty is too high. Uh, I'm thinking he's not going for fifty, bro. He's going. He's gonna go for like 35, 38. maybe forty. Maybe forty. I don't know. I think if I, I think if PSG ends up paying fifty for him, it's too high. It's stupid. Because at this point, you're just doing it because you have the money and you just want to like the hype of having all three players in your team. And plus, if they lose Mbappe, they're losing him on a free, basically, right? 
Yeah, you're losing it for nothing. So I don't know. I don't know where they're gonna get the money. I mean, at the, I mean, we're talking about PSG here. Like they don't when it comes. I know, to- no, but they're also like being highly scrutinized for financial fair play, right? So they gotta be careful. And if somehow they find a way to get Messi and Neymar in the same team, so I, I mean, for them to get Ronaldo, yes, and Mbappe has to leave. And that's, I mean, that's technically, if you think about it, that's a lot. That's the big salary out of, out of the, out of the the paycheck of the, the club. But and Ronaldo probably is gonna ask for more, so you're gonna have to contemplate with that as well. That's gonna be another issue. What happens if PSG doesn't win the Champions League this year? They get Ronaldo next year, and they don't win the Champions League. And they don't get the Champions League with Ronaldo and Messi and Neymar. Yeah, sell sell the whole team, move the team somewhere else. Wild. Honestly, I don't think I think they're. Honestly, I I feel that they're close to getting the Champions League. If it's not this year or next year, I think in the next five years. They're close, man. Close. This is the year they got to do it. In the next three years, they're gonna get one. I think in the next three years. This is very bold of me to say, but I think in the next few years they get they have to get one. I think they have to get one. Otherwise, you could. It's not bold. They're they're a favorite consistently. So. Yeah, I mean, technically, they, they were close to getting one, uh, what, two years ago? Um, Yeah, very close. But they just can't do it. Um, if you have to pick right now. If I had to pick for the Champions League or? Yeah. Um, huh. I'm not going to lie. I like Liverpool just because of the Luis Diaz signing. That could be interesting. But I'm also, like, I'm a little bit hesitant on Liverpool just because I feel like a lot of their players have been gone. And how was how are they gonna do when they all come back, right? But, yeah, but we, we talked about that and we said that they were gonna be hindered. But I mean, if you look at the result, they haven't really like struggled as much as I thought they were gonna be. Because I think if most of the players that the most most of the subs kind of stepped up. You'd go Liverpool over Man City right now? Nah, nah. I guess I wouldn't. The thing is, they're always good on paper and they're always good on the pitch. But then when it comes to the play, they lose the game they're not supposed to lose. They should have won it last year. They should have. I don't know how they did it. They still haven't won a Champions League. They literally were in the final against a team that got a manager like six months six months earlier. I mean, it's not like it was a bad manager, too. It was like a quality manager, to be fair. No, obviously. But, I mean, that was that was, that was was their sure thing. And then they chose the English. Yeah, maybe maybe City could be interesting. But I'm saying, like, I feel like we with City, you kind of want City to win it. But then you see, you kind of know that, like, there's always an overwhelming feeling of, like, uh, iron. Bayern is interesting too. Bayern could be one. I feel like this, we got we got a lot of clubs in the mix right now. We got a lot of clubs. I can't I can't give you a straight answer right now. I think I'll give, I'll give one closer to like the the closer to the date. Next next week I'll give yeah, next week I'll give you a prediction. You know, <laughs> but I think it's we talk about. It. Yeah, there's a there's too many contenders. There is no clear winner, right? So it's fun, it, which is really fun to be honest because the competition level is high. Um. And it just brings really good football out. But uh, let's end the pod on the question of the week. As uh, giving, uh, do, doing uh, the AFCON justice after it's finished, what was your best goal or moment for the AFCON? I know we talked about it, I think, a little bit before. I gave you mine. Mine was uh, the, the Gabaski save in the, in the final, the first save before the penalty shootout, where he stopped uh, Sané's penalty shot. I thought that was just, like, huge for them because, I mean, you know, they're coming in as the underdogs a little bit. He's been huge for them. Sané gets penalty early in the game, you know, like can can really put them off on the, the wrong foot, and then he makes a big save. No, I mean, assist, assist to Mostala, by the way, because he, he kind of told him where to go. True. But, I mean, still, you got you to gotta make the save anyways. No, you got to give him credit. Gabaski made a big – had a big tournament overall. Like, low-key, like, he made himself a living legend for Egypt. 
even though they didn't win, I think he's pretty good. He's pretty, he's pretty like put himself in like the legends and and uh, I guess at least for the few next few years. Every big tournament like this has a goalie like make a name for himself. Either it's like a Gabaski or it's an Ochoa or it's a Killer Navas. Like it always happens. Not just even a keeper. Like you see a lot of players that kind of come off the tournament and get like big money signings. I mean, James Rodriguez that year as well, right? Like he he had a tournament of his life and then got the Real Madrid signing, you know? Yeah, I think a few of the I think a few players from this icon are gonna get signings in the summer. I can I can think of the only one I can think of right now is the left back from Senegal, Salusis. I thought he had a pretty good tournament. Salusis, sorry. Yeah, I thought he, I thought he was pretty decent, and I think he probably get, he's only plays for Nancy right now, which I thought was odd because he definitely can play from a better club in Liga. But if you kind of talk about my biggest moment, I think it has to be the referee in the Mali Tunisia game. <laughs> stopping the game at the 85th twice twice 85th and 89th man bruh. what a man was his watch just like wrong or was he just i don't know i don't know i think I, there was some explanation that was given after the game i can't remember what it was but anyways that was just there, i mean twice watching it live the watching it live is even crazier that's what that was that's what made it for me Look, it was like yeah you're watching the game you see oh 85th minute and the rest calling in the game you're like what the hell like what? You see, like every like Tunisian players just like raging at the ref because obviously they were losing the game at that time. It's like what the fuck? What are you doing? That's wild. That was my best best moment. That was probably the best moment. Uh, if anything, if if we're trying to talk about goals, I think Malawi against Morocco, the goal gets the goal from Malawi is pretty decent as well. Yeah, that was a nice one. Hakimi has a couple good free kicks. I think he's gonna try to get some free kicks from PSG from now on. They have too many people to take free kicks though. Low key, they do, but that's a good problem. That's I think that's a, is that a good problem to have or a bad problem? To have? I mean, that's an amazing problem to have. It's like United a little bit. We do have good free kick takers too. Like you can have Bruno, you can have Ronaldo, you can have Tell. But you're not have good PK takers. That's ironic. But that's gonna do it for episode 58. Oh, Super Bowl, Super Bowl, Super Bowl. Super Bowl pick, Bengals versus Rams. Who do you got? I'm gonna stick with my pick of the Cincinnati Bengals. I think the Rams win it, but I will be rooting for the Bengals. Either way, my boy Odell getting a ring or Joe Burrow getting a ring, I'll be happy either way. I'd be happy for Odell as well. Make sure to follow us on our social medias on Twitter for Press Pod on Instagram for underscore pressing. Make sure you drop us a follow so you're notified every time the episodes go live. If you're still here, we appreciate it. Thanks for rocking with us. And we'll see you next week. Thanks for rocking with us. Peace.